Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Good afternoon and welcome to another exciting edition of where we talk with educators who are changing the landscape for students every day. Today, Mark and I are joined with Blythe Carpenter, the principal at Jinx Middle School in Panama City, Florida. So welcome, Blythe. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. Great. So Blythe, for our listeners, why don't you just tell us a little bit about um, where you're at, the school, and, and the work that you're doing? Well, currently, I'm the principal of Jinx Middle School in Panama City, Florida. I just assumed that role March 25th. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, For the last three years, I have been the proud principal of Miriam Cherry Street Elementary School, where we have led an astounding turnaround um, in the last couple of years. Um, We uh, inherited an F, and in two short years, we moved it to an A, and six months after that, we were deemed a model school by ICLE. So uh, we've had quite a ride, and I'm looking forward to taking that success on the road to our feeder middle school and hopefully replicating it. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you so much. We definitely want to pick a little bit more more at those ways in which you went from an F to an A in a very short amount of time. So, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, and we would like to get at that recipe, right? That's what everybody, all our listeners want to hear is the recipe for that turnaround and that, that strong three years there at the elementary school. Can you reflect on that a little bit for us? So now you're assuming this, this new role and you're probably going to want to replicate that, I would imagine. Absolutely, because, uh, well, we can't lose, right? We have to win all the time. At least that's the way I've been brought up. I'm very, very competitive. Um, A little bit of a background, I did uh, an extensive amount of coaching, particularly women's soccer, when I was a high school teacher. And I I think that I'm a coach at heart, and I think leadership mirrors itself quite, or lends itself quite nicely um, to leadership. And I know that one of the biggest things that you can do as a leader is, um, is to take care of your people. Um, I think it starts with relationships. You've got to take care of the people that you're in charge of. They look to you to do that uh, through good times and bad, um, and you have to be that strong anchor for them. Um, It's my job as a leader. I see it as to support teachers um, and just love kids and expect more than maybe they've been asked to do before. I love, love, love the underdog. My uh, both my schools, my former and my current, are 100% um, Title I. We get 100% free lunch. Um, and uh, they don't have the champions from home. And so it's up to my staff and I to create that culture and environment there. So one of the biggest challenges that I had when I came to Cherry Street, and I believe what will be my biggest challenge in stepping into the role as the principal of Jinx, um, is fostering relationships with my staff, getting them, as I say, to believe. I believe that that is the crux of all that we do. Um, because if they believe in our kids and they demand the high standards, our kids will rise. Um, so it's about rallying the troops. It's about getting a common vision out there that everybody's working toward and everybody's on board with. Um, and then it's my job to support the heck out of them and make sure they have the resources that they need to pull off what I'm asking them to do. 
Thank you. Yeah, all important parts of uh, building relationships. So as you think about going into a new school, and it sounds like you assumed this position um, this past spring, correct? I did. March 25th was my first day. Think about um, principals new to a building. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the recipe to building those relationships right out of the gate? Uh, Can you reflect on that a little bit? I think it's um, backing up what I say. It starts with, you know, trying to build a foundation of trust. Um, What my new staff has realized that when I tell them I'm going to do something I follow through. Uh, For instance, um, in the short time that I've been at Jinx, we've had a couple of issues uh, with some, the discipline is off the chain, just just speaking very candidly, Um, similar to what I inherited at Cherry Street. And um, of course, you deal with a lot of parents who want to blame the teachers and the staff when their children are in trouble. Um, And I I'm a big backer of teachers, and I believe in personal accountability, and I think that that's a lost art anymore. Um, So when parents stand up and they want to advocate for their kids, as all parents should, um, it's important that we draw some parameters with them, that it's okay to have some healthy discussions and even some disagreement, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. I sit in on those conferences with my teachers, and I have ended conferences when parents have gotten out of hand because we will never make enough money that anybody can talk down to us. And they know that I have their back. And we're going to uphold the rules and policies. That's, that's critical that we send that message and we draw those parameters. We set those boundaries so that we protect ourselves and we stand up for what we know to be right. I've only had to sit through a couple to get those teachers kind of looking over their shoulder like, wow, is this for real? And it is for real. They know that I'm right there with them. I'm not going to leave them alone to stand there and take that criticism that we are going to have those discussions and it's okay to question us. What's not okay is to be disrespectful. And I think when we set that tone with the adults, it has a way of trickling down to our students. Oh, like that's that's kind of hashtag edu hero. Your staff obviously has an advocate in their corner. Um, And even more importantly, there's an advocate there for students. Absolutely. Um, Because when our teachers are in a position where they feel supported and loved and cared for, that's gonna have a trickle down effect into classrooms. And I I think one of the challenges when you move into a situation of a turnaround model, um, you have a a lot of mistrust with faculty and you have a lot of folks who have um, different opinions around what education needs to look like. And so one of the things that I, I talk about in the book is how do we organize those qualities of teachers, right? Like who are our naysayers? Who are our turnarounds? Who are our door closers, right? Who are our quiet leaders? And knowing that each of those little subgroups require a different type of leadership. How do you help um, those maybe naysayers Mm -hmm. that are self-identified or you've identified in the school Mm -hmm. and help bring them into the culture? Because it takes 100% of our teachers for 100% of our kids. I'm a real talker, and my I don't mince words when it comes to what our plan is and where we're headed, and that it is not an option to, you know, do this. I mean, we are going to do this. It's the only way we can change it. It's the only way we're going to move forward. Um, I lay the expectations out before them. I put the supports in place to make sure they can carry it out, and then I live in the classrooms. I am in and out of the classrooms every single day. Um, I'm, it's not a got you. It's more of a, I want to see the great things you're doing, and what can I do to help you do even more. I want them to take risks. I want them to do, I want them to love what they do and have a passion for it like I do about my job. And so when I get 
those naysayers and people who are more reluctant to jump into that, mainly because I think that they don't realize the potential that they have. Um, I think that what I'm seeing at my school now is that our kids can't do that. And I'm, yes, yes, they can, um, because we've done it where we currently are. And I know that it can work that way. So when I get the naysayers, um, basically I'm in and out of their rooms just like I am everybody else. And um, I tend to push in good support. I have some an incredible interventionist in ELA, another one in math, um, who push in to offer support to the teachers to lead small group instruction. Um, and so they're my first line of defense when I get a naysayer is I go in there and get in there and help them. I mean, show them, how, show them what we want. I mean, we want small group instruction going on in your block um, it, of time with the kids. And typically that does it. I mean, I really don't get much pushback because they're so good at pushing in and, and, and helping them not coming in as like an evaluative or an intrusion, but more, I'm here to help. What can I do? This is how this needs to look. And why don't we try this? And it's more of a team approach, but quite honestly, I'm not opposed to having some, you know, very difficult conversations when push comes to shove because if they're not doing what I know to be best for my kids they're holding us back and they're selling our kids short um, what I'm encountering where we are now is um, th there's a lot of um, our kids can't do that and I know that our kids can do that um, and there's a lot of uh, we've settled for mediocrity for so long we have no idea what greatness looks like and I'm determined to show them that um, and so when they don't do what I want them to do, we have some real conversations. Um, this is the expectation. I've told you what I expect. Why aren't you doing it? What do you need help with? What can I give you to help make you successful? Because this isn't okay. We have to do it this way to get the results that we want. And I've noticed that one of two things happens. They either rise and do it or they move on. And either way, my kids are better for it. Mm. And that's what I always have to do is advocate for the kids because that's why we do what we do. And I love them and I want them to do well. They're, I mean, they're my babies we can make a difference and we can be the only person that truly does show we believe in them. So there's a sense of urgency that we have in what we do and we just can't sit back. And I'm just not okay with waiting. I'm probably the most impatient person you'll ever meet. <laughs> no, I, I think that, gosh, there's so much to unpack there as well. I feel like I just want to follow you for like a week and like <laughs> learn everything I can from you because um, you're, you're addressing so many of the things that I think principals are uncomfortable mm -hmm. with addressing. Mm -hmm. um, and when they're uncomfortable with addressing it, then they just don't do it. Right. And so I, I think that that is a, a challenge right now that's mm -hmm. facing the landscape in education. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Sure. Um, but I, I think we need to be able to have those crucial conversations. And I love how you framed it with the students Absolutely. at the center. Yeah, it's not about me or my plan. It truly isn't. It's about the kids. I always have to step back and think about what we're doing, <clears throat> pardon me, and why we're doing it. And it's all about the students. So if you're not... It's, I don't, it's not personal if you're not doing my plan, therefore you don't like me or we have a problem. I have a problem with you not doing my plan because I know my plan will help my kids. And I always trace it back to them because, again, without them, we don't have, we don't have jobs. Yeah. Um, and without <clears throat> us, they don't have that hope sometimes they need to break out of the cycle they're in. Working with kids that are in poverty, there's too many excuses made and too much described about what they don't have. Our job is to remind them of what they do. And they do have a champion. They do have an advocate. They can make a difference. They can break out of that cycle. And it's up to us to show them that. And you've got to stand firm on that. I don't, believe it or not, gentlemen, I don't like confrontation. I really, truly don't. I want everybody to get on board and just do it. But every once in a while, as a leader, you got to have those difficult conversations because our kids demand that, you know, that we do that for them. Um, and at the end of the day, they're who I work for. 
Absolutely. Well, Blythe, it's been a, a fantastic pleasure to be uh, speaking with you today. And um, I definitely want to have you back as a guest again, because you just bring um, not only passion, but the desire and the commitment for our students. And that's what we need listeners to hear every single day. Absolutely. They need that um, energy from people like you, Thank you. who are, are living it every day and are in a very challenging environment, 100% free and reduced lunch rates. Um, and how do we make that happen? And we've just touched the tip of the iceberg with you on where that happens. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you and so much for having me. This has been great. Good. And for our listeners, if you want to connect with Blythe, um, principal of Jinx Middle School, you can follow Blythe on Twitter at um, G-A-8-R-G-R-A-D-97. So Gator Grad 97. Go Gators. Go Gators, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so definitely connect with Blythe and um, continue to the conversation. So thank you again for a wonderful, t- a wonderful visit. It's been my pleasure, gentlemen. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead Change in Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools.